Hola, everybody. Welcome to the Unicorn Millionaire Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Stover. I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach helping my first-gen clients become millionaires. I'm a formerly undocumented Mexican-American and currently digital nomad traveling all over the world. And I'm super excited to have you here along with me on my journey. I talk about personal finance, money mindset, working, unicorns, rainbows, you name it. We're here, we're queer, and we are going to build wealth for ourselves and our communities. And today I want to talk about how your 401k is your main squeeze. Too many of you are thinking about trading in brokerage accounts and stock picking and accounts you got to open and what you have to do and diversifying income and you just need to stop it. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this complicated. I want you to ignore the noise about the next back stock or which account to have. Reel it back in and focus back to your main squeeze, which should be your 401k and if you're self-employed like I am and don't currently have the option to contribute to a 401k your main squeeze should be either your solo 401k or your IRA as long as you're making earned income you should definitely be investing and especially if you're self-employed it's really going to be up to you to make sure you're good for retirement and that means maxing the shit out of your individual retirement account, whether it's an IRA or a Roth IRA. So back to the 401k. Your 401k or 403b, whatever is your employer-sponsored plan, that is how you are going to get to retire. That account will be funding your life when it's popping when you're 75, 85, 95, 105. People are living longer on this planet. So the, the more urgent you see this in terms of you're going to need to max the shit out of your 401k now every year as long as humanly possible because you might live till you're 105 and who's going to be paying your bills? You are from your 401k. So the 401k is an employer-sponsored plan and it has limits every year. So for 2023 the limit, the most you can contribute to your 401k if you're under age 50 is $22,500. This can go for a Roth 401k or a pre-tax 401k. The $22,500 is the number you should be focused on maxing out every year, especially if you have a 401k. It should be a no-brainer for you and a go-to. As soon as the year starts or wherever you're at in this year, that should be the number in your mind to be maxing out. And I say maxing out because I wish we could put in more, right? But the IRS caps the amount you can put into your 401k at 22500 because the IRS doesn't want you to fund the shit out of your retirement accounts and retire early. Because if it didn't have limits and people really use these accounts, we would all be retired by the time we're like 35 if we all really understood how these retirement accounts can make your money grow. And um, yeah, like I'm laughing because it's so funny that the IRS knows 
what a game changer these accounts are that they put limits on these every year and they make us think that they're doing us a favor by raising the limits by like $500 or $1,000 every year when they're really just doing this to keep pace with inflation. <laughs> so the benefits of a 401k is that they offer you tax sheltered growth. That's a fancy white man word for your stocks can grow and you won't have to pay as much in taxes as you would in a brokerage account or in what y'all call individual account, Robinhood account. The word, fancy word for that, the official word is brokerage account. And no, you do not need to be a broker to open a brokerage account. The brokerage account, in my opinion, is something you should be looking at once you are maxing out your 401k maxing out your IRA if you have earned income, if you qualify, and if you take into account all these income limits, which you can Google all this stuff. Like you can literally Google um, IRA income limits, 401k limits. I Google this shit all the time just so that I can stay updated with the limits because they change every year. That's how important it is to, um, I wanna say stay abreast, but that sounds weird like that. <laughs> of the limits uh, every year. So what I mean by maxing this shit out is if the limit is 22,500 for your 401k, you should be putting in as much as possible from your paycheck into your 401k. I have a client, Bindu. She is the investing MILF. Love Bindu. Bindu uh, was very nervous to talk about money. She was terrified of money. When she came to me, she was post-divorce uh, and she wanted to figure out her money situation, but feel less guilty about spending. And by the time we finished working together, um, when the six months came up, she was contributing so much to her 401k. And that's super exciting that we had to be like, hold up. The limit does exist though. The limit is 22,500. So Bindu's actually going to have to dial it back, but that's fine. That's a good problem to have that you're contributing too much, so much so that you have to just dial it back. Um, but that's, that's the problem we all should have, right? Because doing the employer match is the bare minimum. It's a no brainer to do the 3%, 4%, 5% of the employer match because they're giving you free money. That's going to allow you to max out your 401k faster, but the employer match is not going to cut it in terms of reaching the $22,500 that you should be maxing out every year in order to retire. And I say retire because this is like the bare minimum, y'all. Maxing these accounts with inflation, with how expensive things are getting, with how I want you to imagine you'll be thriving when you're in retirement. Shit's gonna be expensive. It's gonna cost money. We're all gonna need to be multimillionaires if we want to retire comfortably and to continue thriving and have those yacht parties that we're dreaming of with our friends to celebrate ourselves and celebrate our accomplishments while also helping others and donating money to the causes we care about and the political campaigns we care about, political candidates that are doing the bare minimum of just like not hating on trans people and treating trans people as humans, that's the bare minimum where we're at. But money is power and money can help us help ourselves and also our communities too. And the 401k is how you're going to get there. If you want to retire early, which I see a lot of people talking about how they want to retire early. And then when I ask them, like, what, what do you mean retire early? What age does that look like for you? 
And then I may get people saying, oh, 55, 50, 60. But if you're not going ham on your investments, you're not going to be able to retire early. If you want to retire early, you're going to have to max out your 401k, max out your IRA. That's a given. And also invest aggressively in your brokerage account and make a lot more sacrifices now so that your money can grow for years onto itself and withstand stock market crashes because the stock market was invented by rich, wealthy, land-owning slave owners in the late 1700s. And of course, they have engineered the stock market to have this exclusionary language and to crash and in such a way that rich people can benefit from it and swoop in with their cash and buy stocks for cheap while people who don't have the cash are selling and losing money. Of course, it's going to be engineered and designed in this way, but it's also designed so that rich white men can make passive income and not work and profit off other people's labor in a passive way. That's just the reality of how the stock market works. So you're going to really have to make sacrifices now, today, if you want to retire early and have enough money to pay the bills when you retire early when you're 55 and you live to be 105, that's going to be 50 years of money that you're going to need. And if you retire in America, you're, yeah, you're going to need to be a multimillionaire to pay for health care. Um, cost of living is going up. And if you want to retire early and move abroad, that's going to be cheaper, but you're still going to need to have money to live off of when you're abroad. There's a lot of people out here in Thailand who they're already seeing how the system works in the U.S. and it's not sustainable and they don't have enough money to retire in the U.S., but there's a bunch of people in their um, 50s, 60s who, who know that their money can go farther out here in Thailand. Like it's already happening. People are already seeing how the system works. It's one of the reasons I left in 2020 um, when I was getting my master's degree online. I got a full ride to that shit because I did not want to get into debt for a master's degree. And I left. I lived abroad in Mexico. I was paying 400 bucks on rent in an apartment, five minutes walking from the beach. And I'm a Mexican citizen. Okay. So I was born there. I was taken against my will from Mexico to the US. I did not have a green card until I was 14. It's just so funny how the dream for me was getting a social and finally being able to work and live the American dream. I was so excited to get my first job at McDonald's, which did not have a 401k. <laughs> and I just busted my ass off for minimum wage because that's what I was taught needed to happen. When you're Latinx, raised kid of immigrants, you're taught that you need to struggle your butt off and sacrifice, work yourself to the bone to make more money. And that's not how it is. It's not true. It doesn't have to be this way. Once you're disciplined and make investments now and make small sacrifices, instead of blowing all your money on trips and going into debt, paying for fancy dinners and letting lifestyle creep catch up with you, even if you're making six figures and you still are like, where's my money going? I don't know where it's going. Instead of wondering where your money's going, you can be investing that shit instead and going ham on your investments, maxing out your 401k now, maxing out your IRA so that you can live that life of your dreams 20, 30 years from now because time is money. And that's how the stock market works. It's not a place that I see as a place where you can make quick, fast, easy money without risk. Because 
that's a scam. It's a place where you let your money stare and grow and ride out the crashes for decades. So you can take that money out poco a poco to pay for your life. So when I was at the nine to five, I was around 28 or 29, I had my first nine to five that had a legit 401k. I say legit because the one I'd had when I was working as a tour guide, that one was a scam because I quit my job in less than five years and they took like half their match back. <laughs> so when I got my, my next nine to five, it was seen as a big perk or a big deal that I could quit in two weeks and I would keep the employer match. The fancy white man for, for that is vesting. So to me, it was seen as a big deal that I would be 100% vested and I didn't have to stay locked into my employer for five years or 10 years in order to get the match if I quit. And that's how capitalism works. That's how these employers trick people into staying, especially in toxic work environments, by saying that, oh, you have to stay here five years because if you leave, then we'll have our take our match back. So it's all about manipulating employees and keeping them where they are so that they can just produce um, and be exploited for their labor as long as humanly possible. Your employer doesn't want you to put half your paycheck into your 401k. Your employer, if anything, might just tell you to do the match. <laughs> they don't want you to max out your 401k because they know how powerful it is that if you put in the 22500 a year, for just a few years, that shit can grow to hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then you can peace out and say goodbye to your employer. Of course, they're not going to tell you these things. They want you to stay there and work for them as long as possible. And they're going to hope you don't ask for a raise, especially if you're a non-cishet male. If you're a marginalized woman, non-binary, queer person, they're going to hope that you're not going to ask for a raise down the line so they can continue exploiting your labor. So all of these things motivated me to put half my paycheck into my 401k when I was at the nine to five and not just do half my paycheck into my pre-tax 401k. I put that shit into my Roth 401k post-tax money because I was in such a low tax bracket. I was only making about 45k, which is still the most I'd ever made at a nine to five in my 20s, which tells you a lot about how much I struggled in my 20s because <laughs> I didn't want to sell out. And to me, selling out was working for somebody that would give me things like healthcare and the 401k match and a decent salary because <laughs> I drank that anti-capitalistic Kool-Aid in my 20s that told me that, oh, I'm lucky just to have gone to college. I'm lucky to even be here. I should just give away my labor for free and be exploited and work 10K, 30K jobs, 80 hours a week in education. Um, so that's my thoughts on the nonprofit industrial complex and how much of a scam, if not more, it is from the private sector, because at least in the private sector, they're, they're compensating you. Not fairly, but they're compensating you more for your labor and expecting less out of you after hours. Like, I wasn't expected to check my email after work. I logged out and I went home and I didn't have to think about work when I worked as a stockbroker in the private sector. When I worked as a teacher, I would work 11 hour days at school, go to the gym, come home exhausted, and uh, plan, lesson plan, and great shit. And I got burnt out, and it was exhausting. So I made up for lost time by putting half my paycheck into my Roth 401k at the age of 28 or 29. I wasn't doing this because I wanted to like plan for the future. I literally was thinking of all of the lost time that I could have been investing 
since I was 18 years old. All of us should have been investing since we were 18. Ideally, our parents would have known to open up investment accounts for us when we were babies, because that's a thing too that rich, middle class, mostly white people know to do. When they have babies, they open up investment accounts <laughs> for them so that, that the 18 years of life, those investments can still grow. And that's how these people are ahead of the game. But we're changing that right now on this podcast. <laughs> so that's that motivated me to put in and sacrifice half my paycheck into that Roth 401k to make up for all the lost time. And I worked my butt off over time so that I could fund that Roth 401k. And when I quit my job, I had about 25k in that account. This stock market's down, so I was like 26, 27k. When the stock market was popping a year or two ago, I had about 30k in it. But it's fine. I'm not seeing this as oh my my account's down right now. I'm going to get down on myself. Like, no. You have to think of your investments as long term. Of course, the stock market's going to be down sometimes. But in 10, 20 years, my 401k is probably going to have 60. 60K to 100K in it in a few years just by letting it sit there and grow onto itself. And it's doing so in a tax sheltered account. So when I take out most of that money, when I'm 80, 90, 100, because I'm going to let that shit sit in there as long as humanly possible so it can grow itself, when I do that, um, I won't have to pay much in taxes. I will have to pay taxes on my employer's match. The employer doesn't do a Roth match. You're never going to see an employer doing a post-tax match. Your employer's match is always going to be pre-tax, and that's fine. I actually see that as a good thing. Most, probably 80 or 90% of my 401k from the employer I left a couple years ago, that's going to be post-tax. So I won't have to worry about taxes when I take that money out. Maybe 10, 25% is going to be pre-tax. So when I do take that money out, I'll pay taxes on it and that's fine. But I see this as diversifying where I'm taking my money from. And I trust that when I'm retired, I'll have the income to pay taxes. But I might be in a low income tax bracket where, where I won't have to pay a lot in taxes too. But for sure, tax brackets, tax rates are going to be higher when we're 70, 80, because the government is getting into trillions of dollars of debt and they're gonna need to get their money to pay off their debt from somebody and that's gonna be us. It's not gonna be corporations because the government only cares about corporations and billionaires as we have seen <laughs> since the 1980s when Reagan fucked everything up and made it normal for companies to stop guaranteeing pensions and taking care of their workers and putting the whole 401k thing on the individual and privatizing everything and making it up to the individuals who know about it, make it up to them to fund their retirement accounts. And those individuals happen to be white people, middle class, rich people that have passed on that generational knowledge and will continue passing it down discreetly. And that's a cycle that we're breaking on this podcast by you just listening and internalizing what I'm saying. All of this all of how capitalism works, it makes sense, but it doesn't have to be this way. For now, this is what we have to do in order to 
not just survive the system sustainably, but thrive. My long-term vision is to sell out of all my investments and invest purely in my community and mutual aid. But in order to get there, I'm going to have to invest in the stock market. I want to have my own house. I don't have my own property. I don't have my own house outright. So I'm being patient with myself and building wealth in that way. But I've already also like <laughs> sold tens of thousands of dollars in stock to pay for my coaches who are all women and women of color. So I'm already being sustainable in, and socially conscious in my own way. Also, just by doing this podcast for free, giving free value in my IG lives and in my posts, I'm constantly helping my community by giving value for free and normalizing that wealth building isn't something that has to be scary. Building wealth isn't the problem. It's hoarding wealth that is. So back to my 401k. Yeah, I maxed the shit out of that account to make up for lost time. And in my account, I was very intentional not to just like wing it and trust that it was invested. No, that's not how it works. I not only put money into my 401k, but I intentionally went in there and I picked low cost index funds. And I also was a stockbroker at the time, so I also wanted to play the market and, and stock picked my own stocks because I thought I could beat things. And those low cost index funds that are not sexy, that just like track the stock market, those are performing just as well, if not better than the individual stocks that I picked. So if you work with me, you'll also learn from my mistakes and I'll show you my accounts. I will show you what I mean by that. I'll show you what the fuck low cost index fund means and how that is gonna be the simplest, easiest way for you to invest your way to retirement confidently. So if you're unsure about what you're investing in in your 401k, that's a red flag. You should absolutely understand what the fuck you're investing in within your 401k. I can't tell you how many people I've helped as a stockbroker and as a money coach who had no idea what they were investing in and just trusted capitalism to help them. <laughs> and they were fucked over because they ended up just being in cash especially if you're far away from retirement, 10, 20, 30, 50 years out away from retirement, there's absolutely no reason for you to have cash in your 401k. The interest rates in investment accounts are even shittier than they are in a high yield savings account, which is already shitty as it is because even in a high yield savings account, your cash is losing value to inflation. doesn't matter if you're at Wealthfront or Ally, all these interest rates are lower than inflation, which is at about 6.5% annual right now. And that, that rate fluctuates all the time, but I got you. I'm always looking up these rates and, and keeping up to date with them so that you don't have to as your coach. When I was working as a stockbroker, too many people would call me and say, Hey, I'm like 60 and I want to start retiring and taking out money from my retirement account. Why is it not growing? I'm putting money into it. And I had to break it to them that they had to have been investing in it. It's not just a savings account where you put cash into it. You have to pick the investments or pay a financial advisor to manage them for you. Well, they take out a sweet gut of like 3%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but over the years, it's a chunk of change or hire me 
to help you understand what investments to pick after I show you what has worked for me and what hasn't. That's how you take control of your 401k and make sure that it's actually doing its job. There's no point in having cash, especially if you're 20, 30, 40, I'd say even 50 years old. There's no reason to have cash in an account that is literally designed in such a way that it's made to have investments in it that can grow so that you don't have to pay any or pay less in taxes on that growth. Because in a non-retirement account, you have to pay taxes on the growth. Unless you're in a super low income tax bracket and all of these things. Like, that's why 401ks, IRAs are tax sheltered accounts. So definitely you should understand what the fuck you're investing in in your 401k. If you don't, hire me as your coach. We will look at that shit together and make sure it's invested. My client, Gloria, two years ago, we checked out her 401k because she was unsure about what the fuck was going on. She ended up having it in cash. And it didn't say cash in there. It said 2010 fund, which sounds cool. And like, yeah, it's a fund. But no, 2010 happened <laughs> like over a decade ago, which means that that account is designed to convert to cash for somebody who wants to retire in 2010. Not somebody who's starting their wealth building journey in 2010, okay? So we changed out of that 2010 fund when she understood that 2010 fund equals basically cash. We invested that shit and it doubled in a month when the stock market was popping and now Gloria is contributing consistently to that account. We just did an IG Live that's pinned at the top of my Instagram at Traveler Charlie if you want to listen to her talk about her journey. And the latest she checked her 401k was about 17000 Stock market's been popping since then, so she probably has about 18000 in her 401k, and she's still contributing more, and she's more confident about what she's investing in. She's also maxed out her 2022 Roth IRA account, which for 2022, the max of your IRA was $6,000, $7,000 if you're over 50. For 2023, that amount has grown by only $500. So far, I've put in about $4,000 in my 2023 Roth IRA because I max the shit out of my IRA as soon as the year starts. I don't wait until the last minute. But for those of you who are new to investing and this language, that's why I'm shouting from the rooftops that you still have time. If you made earned income and you qualify and made enough, you still have until April 18th of 2023 to mark your IRA contributions for 2022 instead of starting it off with 2023. April 19th, you won't be able to mark anything 2022 and you'll have to mark everything for 2023. So what that means is that you could potentially be contributing double. Instead of just doing 6,500 in your IRA right now, you could be doing that plus 6,000 if you're under 50. So we're all about using every second of the day, like time is money, y'all. This is how urgently I see things as somebody who's never made more than 45K at the nine to five, but I've been able to see how much my accounts have grown in just a few years. And I'm just checking my accounts to notice the growth. I don't make it anything about me when the stock market's down and, and my account's down. I don't make it about me because I'm holding on to the vision. My, my investments are going to be sitting there and growing in my retirement accounts. 
I'm not touching them. My retirement accounts are not an emergency fund. I will only take money out when I absolutely feel like it's necessary to start withdrawing from my retirement accounts. But until then, I'm still working. I'm making money in my business that I love, maxing out my IRA and doing all of these things that are a symphony that make up my whole wealth building journey that will take me to millionaire status, multimillionaire status, anti-capitalist unicorn millionaire status where I'm taking care of myself and my community. So just to recap, your 401k is your main squeeze. If you're self-employed, your IRA or your solo 401k, look up the, the income limits, okay, for all these accounts or hire me and I'll help you do all of this shit. Hiring me is the easiest, fastest, best way to get all of this done and make sure you're on track for early retirement. So this year, the max for 401k is 22,500 if you're under 50. Uh, if you're over 50, I think the limit's 30k, but you can always Google this shit. Okay, and Roth 401k is also an option. I also did Roth 401k so that I didn't have to roll over my 401k to an IRA after I quit my job to get uh, a Roth IRA. No. It's already Roth. It's already growing. I paid taxes on most of it. It's going to grow for decades and I'm going to be a millionaire. That is the vision that I have. And also, last thing I'll say is you could be having your 401k in cash. Even if it says fund, it could still be in cash, y'all. So look out for that. Um, yeah. If you're decades away from retirement, you should not be in cash. You should not be in cash. You should not be in cash. I need to make a song about that and twerk to it. So if you'd like to work with me, I, I do have slots for one-on-one -on -one money coaching. If you'd like to take charge of your finances, if you need me to help you understand what the fuck you're investing in in your 401k, if you need help changing that shit up and really making serious money moves now book a call at the link in the show notes i love to meet you and help you go from survival mode to thriving mode all right y'all have a great day bye the information contained in the unicorn millionaire podcast is provided for general informational use only your purchase, download, and use of this material does not constitute a client relationship. The views expressed by the Unicorn Millionaire podcast hosts and guests are not intended to constitute accountant, legal, tax certified financial planner, stock advisor, or other professional advice. Users of this podcast material should not act upon this information. Users of this podcast material should do their own due diligence by independently verifying all information products, and services mentioned with their own qualified professionals before making any decisions. We assume no responsibility for information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast and disclaim all liability with respect to errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Users of this podcast accept and understand the terms of the disclaimer.